All right, you want to just get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. And a lot of stuff happening this week. As usual, not a whole lot of it positive. Uh, there's a little bit of funny, right? There's this story involving a, a character named Fat Leonard, which we're going to get to, which uh, I'm shocked there isn't already a movie. Is there a movie about it yet? I haven't seen one yet, but, uh, you know, Hollywood doesn't have a lot of giant actors that can play, a, you know, a corrupt Malaysian uh, arms dealer, whatever he is, really. He, he, he seems to have service stations for warships or something. Um, well, they should, have, they should have him played by two people in a suit, right? It, it could be Seth Rogen and who's that other guy that he's always in movies with? Uh, Jonah Goldberg, Jonah Goldberg, or or the uh, the the handsome Dan Gut dude from Spider Man. Um, we'll we'll get in we'll get into some of the the, the comic aspects of it uh, in a minute. But I guess we gotta we gotta start with the um, with the economy, and you know it's a it's a multi layered story. Right right now, as we speak, the markets all around the world are responding negatively and this is a, a an offshoot or the or the result of this decision that the the fed made uh particularly chairman uh jerome powell to do an unprecedented third straight uh 75 point rate hike which is you know, it's sort of the monetary equivalent of just slamming on the brakes as hard as he can uh, in an effort to control inflation, which they denied was happening for a long time. So a lot of people are going to come under criticism for this because it, even after inflation started, they continued doing basically what, what, you know, what's called quantitative easing for another six months. So they were pouring fuel onto the, the problem. Uh, even last year, uh, it's, but now they've they've slammed in the brakes. Everybody thinks it's too late and too fast. People are invoking words like systemic risk and disaster and depre depression. Even was a word I heard this week talking to somebody. So um, I don't know. What's your first brush blush opinion on this, Walter? Well, about a year and a half ago, or two years ago, my father died, and uh, uh, he had some money and uh uh i was brought into the bank and asked what i hoped to do with it or you know did i have a plan and they they gave me some options and in one of them uh inflation was a big risk and they told me don't worry about that uh the, you know we're we're going with the fed they say it's t temporary um and uh even I at that point said, "Oh come on, you know prices are prices are already rising. Uh, I, I, I can forecast this easily." And they said, "Oh no no no, you know we have to go with what the Fed says. We're a bank." Um, so I'm not at all surprised by it. Uh, I, I'm not at all surprised by uh, the facts on the ground that they're dealing with. I'm surprised by how flat-footed they were. I have a hard time believing that Walter Kern, you know, with his BA in English, uh, was able to see something that they weren't. I'm sure that they were able to see it but for various reasons. Uh, 
were hesitant to deal with it. Um, you know, politics and money are the same thing now. Mm. And uh, so that wasn't the moment. But this is the moment to deal with it by crashing on the brakes, as you say, uh, doing too much too late, as it were, the worst of both worlds is very strange to me. Uh, you know, uh, usually they usually they, they cook the economy as much as possible to look good, uh, you know, before a big election like we have. But Actually, that's, no. that's an interesting point. And just to interrupt just quickly, because I just like five minutes heard somebody talking about that. Um, so the Fed has has increasingly involved itself in politics. And particularly after the Republicans got elected in 2010, you know, they went with a lot very heavy on the quantitative easing and basically guaranteeing that Obama would get reelected. Um, mm -hmm. but they don't have those tools anymore. Like the, this is part of what this story is, is that all of the things that they've been doing since 2008 to keep the economy afloat have finally stopped working and they, they, right. they can't manipulate, uh, the, the economy and by extension politics anymore. Right. Well, the politicization of everything has a cost, meaning that when things are done to keep people behaving in a certain way that one political party in power especially wishes them to behave, they're not being done in an economically realistic way. And suddenly we have this uh, return to realism, as it were, all at once. Um, it's, it's really like, uh, you know, back in my uh, abuse days, um, there was always a point in a cycle of using drugs or alcohol in which you sort of woke up and you heard or you didn't wake up but you heard the birds singing everybody else was waking up after a good night's sleep and you were still awake and you heard the birds singing and you were like oh no another day has come i'm not ready for it i haven't been ready for it for for two weeks now and this is the one that's going to crush me this is the day i lose my job this is the day my girlfriend leaves. I, uh, it feels like that. that. That that is the worst feeling. That feeling of it's too late for me to go to bed on time, and and get myself right for the next day. Like yeah, right. Yeah. Like that feeling. The sun, the sun is coming up. The birds are chirping. Uh, it's uh, I've I've passed the point of <laughs> no return. There yes. there is no way to to make this thing right from here. Uh, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Uh, and, and yeah, and I feel like I'm hearing the birds chirp at the Fed, man. And uh, you know, you know, it, I I think you pointed out in in some of our conversations before the show that there is one group of institutions which uh, profits from this situation. This is an amazing story, and I I, I think eventually the this is going to catch up to even the mainstream press because um they haven't really said a whole lot about this so going back to 2008 um and the reasons why they did this were complicated but the the fed began to pay interest on reserves banks kept um at the fed so for generations the amount of money total that all the banks had kept on reserve at the fed had never really crept above 
you know, $1.52 billion total. Suddenly in 2008, that number went up to like $785 billion in, in, in one year. And in the years since then, it has gone up, you know, it's, it's surpassed $3 trillion. So the Fed has trillions of dollars on reserve. And up till now, it hasn't been a big optics problem because, of course, interest rates were basically nothing until this year. So they weren't paying a whole lot to these companies. But now interest rates are going up. And this year alone, a company like JP Morgan Chase is going to make like $15 billion off of this, which is like 10% of their profits. And it's going to probably double next year. So the Fed is going to have to explain, you know, by next year, why it's paying $100 billion, maybe to the richest people in the country. Um, while it's telling everybody else it's got to it's got to suck things up and you know tighten belts and do all that stuff, I, I think it's a major optics problem for them. Yes, the Fed is a very rich dominatrix at this point. You know, <laughs> which wants the rest of us to kneel and and take our spanking while it you know um, feasts behind the scene. Uh, why did they? Uh, amass these reserves in such a sudden and massive way as a result of what well for for a couple of reasons so the so in 2008 a lot of the a lot of the banks panicked if you if you remember during that period one of the, one of the ostensible reasons they had to do this massive intervention um at that time was because uh, Everybody was afraid to lend to everybody else uh, mm -hmm. in that environment. So a lot of the banks thought, well, if we just put a whole bunch of money in the Fed and leave it there, we can get paid something and we don't have to we don't have to take any risks. So let's just let's just give ourselves a little buffer and a little bit of income that we can absolutely be sure of. And mm -hmm. uh, and in, in addition to the fact that they had some like pseudo regulatory requirements to do that but they uh, so they started just stuffing money in the fed and getting paid to do it um there was also the fed at that point was locked into having to do it for this uh, technical reason that had to do with the interest rates being already at zero like they if the if the banks were to start um pulling that money out and putting it in money market funds then you would have the interest rates going below zero, which would be deflationary. This is all like wonky um, right. economic stuff. But the point is, they they didn't think this was going to be a big deal or a big problem because they were envisioning, envisioning a future where interest rates were going to be at or close to zero for a really long time. And mm -hmm. it, it wasn't an issue until now, you know? and um and so now that's the, you know the, you see Jamie Dimon testifying before Congress this week and telling everybody that they should prepare for the worst and that you know conquering inflation is the right thing to do and meanwhile he's going to get make 10% of his profits off this disaster um uh, that that looks pretty bad to me and and then you know there's there's the additional thing which was another consequence of 2008 when the government uh, it turned out the government didn't 
A, didn't have enough money or enough available liquid capital, and B, um, wasn't able to act quickly enough to be the major crisis response actor. So they delegated all this political authority to the Fed, which is, of course, mostly run by unelected uh, people who are more beholden to private shareholders than they are to the public. So it's just, it's yet another place where there's this uh, cadre of oligarchical experts who work in secret and not entirely on the behalf of ordinary people. Um, and they're going to come under a lot of criticism, I think. Uh, you, you know, the economy craters, as, as people expect it will. When Jamie Dimon says prepare for the worst, what exactly is he recommending? The worst is something that's very hard to prepare for. <laughs> um, uh, you know, is, is is it you know kiss your ass goodbye, or is it uh, you know uh, go to Costco and fill your cart to the top with canned goods, um, buy gold. Uh, gold sucks too. Crypto sucks. Uh, you know, a, a year ago there was this optimism around these new. Uh, you know, these new financial instruments, I guess they are, uh, you know, called Bitcoin, et cetera. And people were preparing to ride out the dark ages, but those have gone away mostly. Um, uh, I mean, I know my crypto friends would say it was never, a, it was never really a financial instrument at all. It was just a, a sort of freedom, um, a, a freedom technology. Mm. Uh, but, but, uh, I, I I don't see anywhere in the political world or in the media world, which you know reports and transmit it, transmits its messages, uh, much actionable uh, intelligence on, as to how we are supposed to, uh, you know, survive and endure this. Um, I do know that a few months ago we were being told that recession and inflation were psychological. I, I read story after story in which they were considered self-fulfilling prophecies. And somehow by being depressed or pessimistic, we were going to cause this ourselves. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. This is another thing that comes up every time there's a, uh, a major, you know, correction or economic disaster that it's actually the fault of all the people, all the market actors, meaning the small investor, right? The, who who are just afraid to put their money uh in the market and you know it's they're causing the crisis by their their own fear right and this, this is what people said actually um about the housing markets in 2007-2008 where essentially they're saying oh well people are just unnecessarily pessimistic about about real estate and and they're causing this crisis uh, right. Whereas, right. you know, it turned out that the the the, the entire market was in, infected with, you know, this massive uh, dose of fraud baked into the entire system that would take a decade to extract at huge cost. But no, it was actually mm -hmm. the fault of home, homeowners who just didn't want to buy. Right. Um, but I knew things were I knew things were getting bad in the last few weeks when I started seeing stories like one that appeared in Fortune just last week about the bright side of inflation. <laughs> no, I, I, I tweeted it. Inflation is sort of a is sort of a by this theory, a kind of 
medicine that goes through the system and finds inefficiencies and 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 shows us where we've been going wrong and allows us to 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 correct our sins um and uh the other reason inflation was good was that things uh like housing when interest rates go up get cheaper but you know here's the bad news you can't qualify for a loan um because the interest rates have now made it that much more difficult um and so uh whenever they start talking about the bright side of inflation i know it's really out of control um you know we don't have a don't worry be happy song to console ourselves with right now um and uh yet we've got you know we had just recently this this uh you know anti-inflation act so-called that cost a trillion dollars and was signed in the white house garden and and james taylor is saying fire and rain did he really he actually saying fire and rain at the white house as, as though he was serenading joe biden um you know for having brought us through uh oh you know God. a hurricane when when they bring out james taylor remember when they did that a, a few years ago in france um uh when they bring out no, he's like he's like on call for this kind of stuff. Listen, James Taylor, getting back to the Martha's Vineyard story for a second. I, I once mapped the American establishment when I was working at Spy Magazine, and I figured that James Taylor and Carly Simon lay at the very heart of the American establishment. <laughs> back, back, back in the days that Clinton was president, it was always Carly Simon who greeted him on his summer vacation when he landed in Martha's Vineyard. She was always the first <laughs> greeter. And, 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 you know, we just had, you know, Obama's built a $40 million house there. We just saw that they tolerate uh, migrants for 48 hours before calling out their personal military. And, they, and, Jay, and, 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 and James Taylor and Carly Simon and her, their circle do own our military. They're the same sort of best and brightest types, you know, the McNamara circle that sent us to Vietnam. Right. Um, right. But anyway, right. So I guess what I'm saying now that I'm completely confused by the spiral of associations that I've brought up is that if there's anyone to blame for this, they live on Martha's Vineyard and they know Carly Simon. But uh, no, th th this is a great movie idea. This is like, um, you know those like uh like godzilla versus kong or godzilla king of the monsters where you know there's this like floating spaceship uh like uh vessel that tracks the the quote-unquote titans you know the, the these gigantic monsters that live under the surface somewhere and like appear every three years we, we could do that with james taylor and carly simon like wh where is the establishment right now you know they're they're living under a volcano in you know peru somewhere you know and or or, or in martha's vineyard right there or they're in Edgar Town right now right. well um, they did bring them out they did bring them out to sing about the anti-inflation act that's a fact um <laughs> and uh he wears a hat now um and he looks amazingly <laughs> uh well preserved um and uh in any case whenever they bring him out you know kiss your ass goodbye like i said earlier because because it's about to get bad and 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 what's amazing matt is that 
this very predictable inflationary and economic and financial uh, crisis in the making uh, is is going to cause all sorts of you know political and just social um, discontent. And the way they seem to have been preparing for this is to demonize all populist anger at, at, as MAGA. It, it's brilliant in a way um, because just as they could see inflation coming, I'm sure they can see, you know, some kind of uh, march or, you know, strike or, 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 you know, vote the bastards out movement, but it's, it's already been pre-demonized as a Donald Trump movement. I mean, the Fed is kind of the ultimate symbol of what people mean when they complain about the elite, right? Um, you know, it's, it's people like Ben Bernanke, uh, who's even, I, I think he's intimately more obnoxious and unlikable than even Alan Greenspan, who came before him. He, he's, you know, this Princeton guy who, whenever he appears in public, looks like he doesn't, he just can't be bothered to talk to anybody who isn't worth at least $6 billion, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, with regard to information that you might think you're entitled to as a member of the public, um, you know, he'll get back to you, right? Like it's on the, you know, there's a there's a famous scene where he's being questioned, I remember by Bernie Sanders um, about who got emergency lending uh, after the 2008 crash, which was like, it was a huge sum of money. It turned out to be like, you know, something like $16 trillion in emergency loans. Uh, and his answer was, it's on the website. And of course, it wasn't on the website. They just had some vague information about the size of their holdings. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't know that they were giving these huge loans to, you know, the, everybody from the wives of, you know, the CEO of, Mor of uh, Morgan Stanley to the Korea Development, uh, Korea Development Bank to, you know, and, but he just thinks that you're not entitled to know all this stuff, right? Because it's the expert class. We do this stuff in private. We'll make the decisions in your best interest. Trust us. Everything's fully hedged. There's no disaster that could possibly happen. You don't have to worry, right? And I feel like that kind of personality has been replicated a million times over in all these other institutions as well. Like, you know, from the intelligence sector to uh the pentagon to the to even the media now right they're just they're they're all this kind of off-putting upper class uh you know need to know kind of uh person and uh you know the, the, they're the people who fuel the the donald trumps of the world it seems to me elitism and secrecy as long as i get results but uh you know, secrecy and elitism plus uh, bad results is, is is really the worst combination. Um, you know, right. yeah. Uh, and, and and you're right. We're in a trust us society now, um, and uh, it hasn't worked out well for us. Uh, they want the they want the room and 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 the, and the confidentiality to make their moves and to, um, you know collude in supposedly uh, uh supposedly on our behalf 
But when they come out of those locked rooms to hearings and so on to defend the catastrophes that they brew and, you know, behind closed doors, uh, you would think they could at least have a little humility. You know, uh, we are the elite. You're right. You should expect more of us. We'll try to do better. Um, but no. Uh, and, and I'm wondering now how, how this is going to be translated into um, punishment for the average person. Because from what I see, a financial um, crisis for, for the banks doesn't loom right now. Um, uh, the way that you're uh, describing the situation, they have ample reserves. Um, they're getting paid nice interest rates. Um, and uh, yet Diamond and, and, and et cetera are warning the rest of us uh, to, that we have to do something uh, undetermined. Yeah, I mean, what is, what is prepare for the worst? I mean, I think when he means, when he says prepare for the worst, I think of like a jug of whiskey and a shotgun. Like, I think that's, <laughs> that's what he wants me to buy. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, but no. you see, here's the problem, Matt. A lot of Americans think that way. That's why they want their shot done, you know. Uh, because when it comes down to it, when you're being told to prepare for the worst by you know some of the richest people on earth, um, you look around and and you count your assets and your financial assets are dwindling. Your job is perhaps at risk. Uh, even if it's not at risk, it's your wages are being eaten up by inflation. Um, you may or may not be able to buy a home. You may or, you know, I, I don't know how many people have adjustable rate uh, loans at this point. I think that that's uh, not as popular a product as it used to be. If it were, America would be facing a wipeout. Um, right. Uh, so they cling to their guns and their religion. But uh, Jamie Dimon, give us a few alternatives, if you will, because. So far, those seem to be the only ones. Yeah, no, it's 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 a mess, and and I just think that they they always underestimate how bad it looks that you have all these people making critical decisions that elected representatives don't really get to be involved with. So, and they take place at these absolutely exclusive sites like. Davos or Jackson Hole, like what? Why are they always skiing locales? By the way, like what's what's that about? Um, uh, and yeah, the Fed and then the they Fed come out. The, the Fed meets at Jackson Hole. That's what you're referring to, correct? They just had an yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's the, it's it's like the Jackson Hole is associated basically with Dick Cheney and the Fed now, right? right. Um, but uh, but no, then they, they they meet in these super exclusive places where you, you can't even get a press credential to go to Davos if you're the wrong kind of person. Right. Um, and, and then they come out and they say, well, we're trying, we're seeking to achieve, you know, moderate levels of unemployment because they want to depress consumer demand, uh, by which they mean they want to scare the crap out of you uh, enough so that you'll hoard your cash instead of spending it, thereby making the inflation problem worse. Uh, and I don't, I don't see how they, how they don't think that's going to be a political problem 
for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have these super rich people telling you that, oh yeah, we, we, we had a meeting and uh, we've decided that we're going to try to, we're actively going to try to cause more unemployment. Uh, but trust us, that that's going to be the desirable outcome in the end. And who knows? It may be. I, I don't know. But but it doesn't sound great to me, does it? Well, you know, I'm I'm going to now harden my my sort of conspiratorial position that because this has been going on for 14 years, all this sort of spending and and, and money printing, um, it was anticipated that there would be a crisis. And if I were one of the planners, at, you know, in the control room and uh, operational uh, headquarters. I would say let let's get all the discontent of those people who will be most vulnerable. Let's drive it all toward a sort of quote reactionary movement, and then let's put it under the scrutiny of federal law enforcement. That way, in advance, we have a handle on the American Revolution that we're afraid will break out. Um, in some ways, they should be very grateful for Donald Trump, MAGA, and so on because it allows them to uh, silo off and, and, and persecute and, and sort of watch what would be the most likely source of, uh, a, 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 of opposition on the ground in the, case of a, in the case of mass business, small business shutdowns and so on. Yeah, ab absolutely, right? And, and uh, it's, it's almost gonna be like Catch-22. Remember when Milo Minderbinder ends up with like his own troops uh, yes. and they're fighting both well, sides, he up, you he know? ends up bombing the base for its own good at the end. <laughs> right, yeah, exa exactly right. And that's what, we're gonna have like Federal Reserve troops you know, rappelling into, into, you know. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe to TK News at taibi.substack.com.